Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Twisted Manor. I am your host, Shai Mizrahi, and with me, my wife and co-ghost, Emily Cleveland. Why do you say my last name? I don't know. I say my last name. You've never said my last name before. Well, in case you guys are curious, her last name's Cleveland. What? (laughs) But we pretend that it's your last name. Yeah, it's Emily Mizrahi to us, but, you know, legally... It's Cleveland. Now people are going to steal my identity. Come get it. It's free. It's not! (laughs) One trillion billion dollars. Yeah, there's a vacancy because she's changing it to Ms. Rocky. So if you want Emily Cleveland, it's out there. (laughs) Well, I don't think we have any updates for this episode. Um, We actually, we have one. We solved a problem as to when we move, we, we found out a way to not have that gap. So we won't miss any episodes while we're away. We're just going to pre-record some. And that way we, uh, you know, don't leave you hanging. Okay, well, for this episode of Twisted Manor, Emily got our theme going. So you want to tell them? Yeah. Haunted puppies. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe we could do an episode on, like, hellhounds or something. Haunted puppies. That is not the theme of this episode. <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> well, if you tell them, then they will know. It's near-death experiences. Stop lying. That's not what it is. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes, that is. Near-death experiences. I'm pretty excited. I only got two stories for today. How many do you got? Tres. Three. Hooray. Well, um... <laughs> Well, I guess I wanted to ask you, what is your take on near-death experiences? Because before the show started, you were telling me about how you keep finding two types of stories. People that almost die, and then the people that are dead for seven minutes and experience strange things on the other side. Right? So, I know you and I are not religious, but I guess my question is, these people that experience weird things when they do die for those seven minutes or whatever it be, what do you think it is? I mean, there's a hundred different stories of what it is or what they experience. Good people Uh in their religion will go to whatever heaven they believe in. Okay. And everyone who was a bad person, religious or not, you will get stepped on by the big sky daddy. So, <laughs> Is that God's name now? <laughs> the sky daddy? Yeah. Yo, that's the next t-shirt. Okay. It's just going to be an old man. I didn't make up that name. Oh, who did? I don't know. It's all over the internet. <laughs> we should make a t-shirt out of that. Okay. We should just have an old guy holding the globe. Okay. He's sky daddy. And yes. he'll be painted blue with clouds but on him. he's a daddy. Yeah, yeah. So, is he going to have, like, like a gag or... No, no, no. no. Not, not daddy, daddy. I think it's going to be, like... It's a daddy. No, like a dad joke kind of vibe guy. You know, like pot belly, comb over, square glasses, yeah, plaid shirt, sandals. Yeah, but he has sandals. whips and likes, kid, like, likes cat girls, so... It's a lot to fit into one t-shirt. I'm just saying. You know, maybe, maybe, okay, I think I found the in-between. So it'll be Sky Daddy holding <laughs> holding the globe, and he'll, he'll look like a dad, right? So he'll have, like, a little mustache, 
square glasses and a comb over and plaid shirt, but he'll be wearing like cat ears, and the no, cat ears will have like look the gamer normal. microphone. He'll no, he'll look totally normal, but he'll be wearing slippers. And across the oh. slippers, it says, on my way to fuck your bitch. <laughs> so. Oh, for sure. Oh, big genius. Yeah. Okay. I think we got our next t-shirt, guys. Did you steal that idea? <laughs> I'll eat you. Yeah. You're a have, bad person now. We have little proof that we came up with the idea before you. It's documented. Date and everything. Documented. Yep. Okay. Well, I kind of agree with that. I feel like when people die, it's just whatever they think is going to happen. Like, you kind of create your own prison or haven. I just, it's a it's a difficult line for sure because there are bad religions. And even if you followed that religion to a T and you think you're going to that religious heaven, but, like, maybe societal-wise you were a bad person. Right. So like are Hitler. you going to heaven or not? I don't know. Yeah, maybe really Hitler's care. going to heaven because he's like, I did such a fucking good job killing Jews. He's like, I read between the lines. <laughs> Alrighty. I say we start. You want to start or you want me to start? I'll start because I have more. Okay. Hope you guys like my shirt today. It's a, a cat banana. Ban- cat nana. Yeah, canana. Pretty cute. I like it. <laughs> Ready? Yes. This one is called Stranger Danger. This is, like, an annoying in the camera, though. What? To me to be, like, this close to it. I don't think so. Uh, they're not here. Are we bothering you? Fuck off. <laughs> Damn. Okay. When I was a kid, I was riding my bike home from a friend's house at sunset. I rode past the community pool, which had been closed for a couple of months. There was a car in the lot with a guy in it. I didn't think much of it as I continued the trek home. I cut through the local elementary parking lot that has some gates. I get about 20 yards past the gate and see the car pull up at the bottom. Thinking that's odd. Anyhow, he backs out away from the gate. My spidey senses were kind of tingling at this point. I get up to the school and head towards the teacher parking lot, which is in my standard direction. As I'm about to turn the corner, I see headlights from the parking lot. I stop and peek around the corner and it's that same guy. I flip my bike around and start going the long way around the school. He sees me and just gets back in his car and drives around the front of the school. I camp in some bushes, heart pounding. He's slowly driving up and down the front of the school, keeping an eye on the teacher's lot. Another car comes down the street, so he has to move his car out of their way. As soon as he does, I just blast it up to the street and flew my bike into some random open garage. I'm hiding in a garage waiting for him to come around again, but he doesn't. I give it a few minutes and I decide to pop my head out. Still no one. Okay, so I'm a few blocks from home. I just gotta go for it. I bust out the bike and start hauling ass home. Not half a block later, this dude turns a corner on me. I just veer my bike into some random lawn and run up to the front door. I look at him, and he's just in the street staring at me. I grip the front door handle, praying to any and every god these people don't lock their doors. I see his reverse lights flicker, and I know he put it in park. I rip the door open and run inside. Two old people are sitting there. I look at them and try to explain that some dude is trying to get me out there. 
They don't completely believe me, and they barely react to what I said. But they don't kick me out either. I'm watching the dude from their window, and he's just chilling there. Then the old man gets up and opens the curtain to look for himself. When he does, the guy just gets in his car and leaves. I hang out for ten minutes, and no creepy abductor car to be seen. I assume he figured I called the cops. Finally, I decide to get home. I hop on my bike, and I swear it felt like I drove 35 miles an hour the whole way home. I get home and tell my parents I'm exhausted and in complete shock. They basically brush me off. I'm stunned that every adult I interacted with acted like I was crazy. I basically never talked about it again. It was so traumatic to talk about at the time. That image of him in his car while I held the door handle to the random house is permanently seared into my brain. To this day, it's still as crystal as clear, as if it happened yesterday. 18 to 20 years later, I decided to confront my parents as to why they didn't do anything that day. They were like, what the heck are you talking about? I explained it better than I could have when I was a kid in complete shock. Anyhow, with the current, more expansive explanation, my mother broke down. She started crying at this public restaurant because she saw how serious I was when I was like, how could you ignore what I said that day? As well as talked about how that morphed my stranger danger techniques for better or worse. Thankfully, my fears diminished quickly as I grew and I could defend myself. Until I moved away from that town, however, I looked every day for that damn car. Never saw it again. I would fantasize about what I'd like to do if I ever found that guy. Hell, I still do. I, I mean, that is terrible. I think what's worse is the fact that she was neglected afterwards. Yeah. Like, that no one will believe her or even, like, let her talk about it. Let her relieve herself and get it off her chest. And yeah, it's terrible. I can't tell you how many times I've, like, imagined that exact scenario. Like, just knowing that if someone was really chasing me down, like, I don't care whose house I'm running into. Right. So freaky. Yeah, I mean, going back to what I was saying is, like, it's terrible that that happens, but what's worse is having to live with it fresh in memory like that because you never got that therapeutic chance to, like, talk it out properly. Yeah. So that's really terrible. Yeah. Scary. Uh, Child abductors. Freaking. I mean, adults get abducted, too, but, like, it's so freaky. Yeah. Alrighty. This story I found very fascinating because this person not only had one, not even two, but three near-death experiences in one lifetime. When we die, where do we go? Is there a safe haven awaiting us? A paradise? Maybe there's nothing. Maybe this realm is the final stage. Daniel Brinkley claims that neither answer is correct because he has seen the other, th- the other side three times. Brinkley grew up in southern Nevada. He was an athlete, a marine, and a successful businessman who had no interest in spirituality. That all changed, however, in 1975 when a bolt of lightning struck a telephone pole traveling down the phone line and surged through his body, melting the phone in his hand. Oh my god. Quote, It went into the side of my head, above my ear, and went down my spine, and welded the nails of the heels of my shoes to the floor. It threw me up in the air. I see the ceiling. It slams me back down. A ball of fire comes through the room and blinds me. 
I am burning, I am on fire, and I am paralyzed. Unquote. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. What a fucking... Uh, oh, what are the chances? Yeah. That's so crazy. Mm, new... Yeah, life lesson. Don't... Don't be on the phone in a... Well, like, on a landline. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, like, is probably way outdated and most people don't even yeah. think about that anymore. But if there's a lightning storm, don't, don't be on get a on a landline. There you go. That's so freaky. Brinkley says that he left his body floating along with the ambulance as it raced to the hospital and watched from above as the doctors declared him dead. He said 28 minutes later he awoke in the hospital morgue. During those 28 minutes, Brinkley says his consciousness traveled through a tunnel where he encountered a spiritual being of light and underwent a grueling replay of his entire life, as seen not only from his own perspective, but everyone he's ever encountered. Something, he says, was extremely humbling. He saw his own life through, like, everyone, everyone else's, else's eyes. In 28 minutes? Uh, pff, I don't know how time works out in Jesus, the quantum, a... you know, universe. God heaven. just, like, pauses life and is just like, here, watch this 80-hour movie of your life. <laughs> like, damn, that'd be so boring. Yeah, he just fucking Netflix binged <laughs> his entire life with God, with, with <laughs> Sky Daddy. And it was yeah. like, hell yeah, dude. Netflix and chill. But with was Sky there Daddy. popcorn? Huh? But was there popcorn? Yeah, and also Rocky Road ice cream. Mm, so you know, you know, his life was worth the Dang. watch. Okay, yeah. If that's what's awaiting me in heaven, I wouldn't mind it. Just replaying your life with Sky <laughs> Daddy, popcorn, and Rocky Road. Just be like, look, Daddy, this is my favorite part. He's like, damn, I remember this. I fucking killed that that hoop. I thought you were going to say hooker. Oh, <laughs> I fucking killed that hooker, Sky Daddy. Check it out. He'd be like, nice. Because prostitutes are a whoredom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sky Daddy's like, yo, thanks for getting rid of that evil for me. All right. This is another quote from our guy here. I saw my entire life pass performing a 360 degree panorama. I had missed nothing. You know how many hairs were in. Oh, sorry. You know how many hairs were in the nose of the doctor who pulled you from your mother. You know everything that there is from the time you open your eyes. You have complete cognitive awareness, no doubt about it. And that's all happening at the same time. Oh, sorry. Oh, he says it twice. Fucking stupid quote. And that's all happening at the same time, no doubt about it. Then you watch the same life from a second person point of view, as if you were your own best friend. So you can see how silly... How funny, how dumb, how stupid it was. But it's none of your best friend, you know. There's no judgments, just looking. And then you literally become every person that you ever encounter. And you feel the direct results of your interaction between you and that person. So no one gets away with anyone, anything. <laughs> so I, this guy's delirious, obviously, after the lightning strike. <laughs> so this quote didn't make sense to me. Like that last line. Yeah, I feel like... That was his, like, slam-the-door moment. You know, like, so no one gets away with anyone anything. And slams the door. <laughs> but it doesn't make sense, so. Anyway, that was the end of his quote. I'm just, like, religious stuff aside, I'm just thinking about how cool that would that'd be? be to really see your life all over again in, like, such fine detail and stuff. Like, yeah. And, like, 
like, I probably don't remember anything past, like, the age of five. So, like, and my brain emits, like, a lot of memories anyways. So, like, to be able to go through everything and see, again, all the, like, the memories that you lost Mm -hmm. could be cool. Could be traumatic. That would be epic. There's just a lot of things in my life that are beyond cringe and very traumatic, so I wouldn't want to relive those. But also, here's a an interesting question just to ponder. If I interact with a ghost in my life, and I rewatch my life from everyone's perspective, would I see it from the ghost's perspective? Damn. Food for thought, bitch. Well, I was just thinking, he's like, you know how many nose the doctor had in his hair when you were born. Why didn't you fucking say <laughs> it? You know how many it? nose he had in his hair? Shut up. You know what I meant. But like, <laughs> like he doesn't say how many. How many were there? You you paused your life TV show and counted? Or like what? Like, why yeah. did he just give like... Maybe he uh, doesn't know. Maybe, maybe, yeah, he just like gave like a metaphor for how in detail his like he saw his life like right. like this strange example but he didn't give the answer so it's not yeah. real it's because he's like i don't want them to know that i fucked up when sky daddy gave me the quiz at the end of my movie <laughs> <laughs> he's it's like, like a how many fucking hairs was in that guy's nose huh it's like a, it's a fucking kahoot he's like a, <laughs> just in heaven with the fucking kahoot kahoot music playing Oh god, the timer running out. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> like, how many hairs in this bitch's nose? Twelve, three, none, circle. Oh man, that's he a tough one, Sky Daddy. Is zero. He definitely shaves his nose. Yeah, and then in a flash, he says he was back in his severely injured body in the morgue. <laughs> what a terrifying nightmare to wake up in that. The other thing that I was thinking is his body is like trailing behind or like his consciousness is trailing behind it and he is pronounced dead. But it's like, did he have an out of body experience and then a dream and then come to? And if so, like if that was what happened, then like every time someone has an out of body experience, is your like body like dead for that amount of time? Good question. I don't, I don't know. Medically speaking, I don't know a lot, but I would I assume I would assume so. Yes, if you're pronounced dead, I think all your organs just like are not working anymore. It's right? based. It'd be based on your heart rate. Right. In, in an ambulance situation, your pulse stopped, and right. they tried CPR, and you're not coming back. Right. But that without the heart or your brain working, and clearly it's not. He just fucking left. Right? Yeah. Then nothing would be working. None of his other organs would be like pumping or doing their job. Would it? Well, like just because. I don't think so. If your heart and. If your pulse stops, then like your heart has stopped. Right. But like if your brain, like, like consciously, your brain is. Or, like, unconsciously, your brain is, like, still working uh-huh. until, I don't know how long, but, like, until your body, like, really begins to, like, decay and accept the fact that you're dead, I guess. That's why, like, like people, after they die, like, shit themselves. They right. get boners. They pee themselves. Because okay. their body, like... Their organs are still functioning to some extent. Yeah, but it's okay. kind of like, it's like 
on autopilot from whatever was in your system at the time. Right. It's not like it's actively working okay. anymore. Also, might I add, this guy legit got to see himself. Like, the last thing he saw before he woke up was him just getting fried. <laughs> he's like he gets to the end and god is like this is my favorite part he's like ha, little french fry <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean he didn't call the ambulance on himself someone was there i was like holy shit fucking Damn. homeboy got fried so that would be kind of funny last thing to see before you wake up in the morgue <laughs> okay anyway going back it took him two years to be able to walk again Damn. Yeah, that was a fucking hard note to hit on to come back. He didn't tell many people what happened, and when he did tell his family, they didn't believe it. In 1989, during open heart surgery, Brinkley died again, and once again said he visited what he perceived to be the afterlife. So homeboy literally, like, Sky Daddy's over there. He's like, where do we leave off? And just rewinded back to the electrocution. And was like, all right, let's watch yeah, this like, all over again. Yeah, like, did it start, like, all the way from the beginning? Oh, or just shit, where he all left over? Off? I'd be fucking pissed. I'm like, Sky Daddy, I saw this shit already. I've seen he's this like, movie I've before. I've seen this season. Can we get to season two, please? I know. He's like, it's, I've already seen it. It's only been two years. I God's remember like, it. I want to see my little French fry boy. <laughs> Sky, Sky Daddy's like, okay, you want you want to not start from the beginning? Quiz time. How many nose hairs are in the fucking doctor's nose? Shit, I didn't study since I've been alive again. You should have so. been fucking studying. <laughs> So, uh, yes, so he died again. Brinkley wrote the book, quote, Saved by the Light, which became a bestseller and led to television appearances. Skeptics and debunkers came after him disputing biographical details and arguing that NDEs, or also known as uh, near-death experiences, happen because the brain is dying, not because people are visiting heaven. Brinkley, who later had yet yeah, another... because even though his heart stopped, his brain is still working, so that's yeah. why I'm like... Is it more like an out-of-body experience, or are you really, like, in the afterlife, basically? Maybe just does a shit ton of shrooms. It could be a dream, because, like, after we pronounce people dead, like, when they don't come back and can't recant that story, mm-hmm. are they just, like, dreaming until they actually die? Yeah. Like, no I one knows, because their brain is still active. Yeah. So. Brinkley, who later had an, yet another near-death experience during brain surgery... <laughs> says he's happy to take on any doubters, including religious leaders, about what happens when we die. Well, but, like, he didn't really... That's my question, is was each experience, like, exactly the same? I assume so, And so, so in that case, that can be, like, perceived as one of two things. Either it confirms, like, to himself that, like, Obviously, this is real and this is really how it works Mm -hmm. because I've had it three times now and it's been the exact same. Right. Or it's like, no, all that does is confirm like what you want to believe. Yeah. And like what your brain thinks will happen after you die. And it's like making that it's coping. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah, I think he's doing it all over again from the beginning because he says once again... He visited what he perceived to be the afterlife. So I think it's all from the beginning. What a fucking terrible thing. Mm. Okay. There's another quote from him. If I didn't go to hell in the last four journeys, nobody's going to hell, okay? Brinkley said. So when you learn you don't die, when you learn you're a spiritual being, you're not going to go to hell. That's enough to inspire you to change. Brinkley put his beliefs into action. For decades, he's been counseling terminal patients. Specifically, he is counseling his fellow veterans assuring them they have nothing to fear from death. 
He has spent tens of thousands of hours at, at the bedsides of the dying. He has been with more than 2,000 people as they passed on. Cool. That is a pretty well, neat way to take that on. Yeah, but I don't like how he's like, I didn't go to hell, so no one is. But it's like... Yeah. It's like, it's like he didn't even finish the journey. Like, m- like most Christians are like, you're going to die, you're going to be judged, and then you'll be sent to, like, heaven or hell. Like, yeah, he's I don't know how like, many religions just believe you're just going to just be sent there and you're going to know whether or not you're good or bad. Like, you're going to be, yeah. like, told why mm-hmm. and you're going to be judged and stuff. So, like, that made it seem like that was, like, the, like, what, like, like the judgment room would be like. Like, here, sit and look at everything you did in life and he's recontemplate. Like, okay, quiz time. Like, and then on his all, pager beeps and he's like, sorry, Sky Daddy, got to go back to, to living. Yeah. So he never finished, yeah. Yeah. And he came back to life each and every time. So I'm like, I don't think that the movie room was heaven. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, there's got to be some place after that. Right. But, um, yeah, I, I do like that he used it for good. Yeah. Rather I, than, yeah. I could definitely see a lot of people just like, want to make it like a religious argument start their own religion or something and they're just It'd like be kind of funny if it was a like a twisted thing where he's just like tal- like a tally at home like i outlived another person Ooh. <laughs> well um yeah but the part where he was saying like he would like dispute anyone yeah um the thing is like he's not the only person to have experienced things like that and right. so is everyone's experience the same? And, like, then that would kind of confirm that, like, there's one true place that everyone is going to after they die. Whereas, like, everyone experiences different. And, yeah, that confirm right. other things. But. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. So that was my first story. Sorry, there was a lot to talk about in that one, but that I'm ready. That was interesting. I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. And yeah, fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> my man needs to stop fucking going to the hospital. That's what he needs. I know. After fucking disintegrating from electricity, he's like, yo, my heart needs fixing and then died again. And then he's like, my brain's actually I wouldn't doubt up. that they were all connected. Like, yeah. after getting electrocuted, your heart can definitely be damaged. Yeah. And like that going like through your veins and stuff and then going to two near-death experiences and that now your brain's acting up that's gotta say something well dying twice and having to be like resuscitated basically like like if he was pronounced dead for that long that's how long he's not breathing for and so that amount of air loss like like people that are choked right and like asphyxiated they yeah lose brain yeah functions yeah you your brain starts to die because it needs oxygen yeah so i don't doubt that they were connected i think that'd be so funny if like every time he died it was just longer that he's like out for so the first one was fucking 30 minutes which is crazy and the second time he's like out for like six hours (laughs) and then the last time he's like dead for five fucking years and just wakes up he's like oh god what the fuck Uh, am i doing underground oh god no (laughs) god be like anyway time to time to go Go back in your body now. God, God, I'm in a fucking box. <laughs> Sky Daddy, help me. Sky Daddy, I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm Alrighty, what's your next one? Okay, 
This next one is called Watch Out. I mean, that could easily be the title for all of these. <laughs> oh, but mine's a pun. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. When I was 15, my schoolmate, whose brother I was friendly with, asked me to follow him outside to a lightly wooded area behind our school where kids used to go smoke. Everything seemed totally normal. We were making casual small conversation, and once I got to the spot, I said, hold on, I have to take a piss. Turned, <laughs> I turned my back on him to do the deed, and the next thing I felt was a super hard punch to my upper right back. I don't like that he said, do the deed. That sounds like sex. I know. Turned around to Well, he's 15. Deed. He's probably a verge. Fucking verge. Fucking <laughs> Um... <laughs> Turns out this punch was actually a stab with an 8-inch knife. Holy shit. He was kind enough to inform me I'd been stabbed and remove the knife. What? <laughs> Wait, who did this? His schoolmate who asked him oh to go out with him. fucking God, dude. Survival instinct kicked in and I fell to the ground pretending to be dead, thinking he would have kept going otherwise. Once I fell to the ground, he took my watch off of my wrist, Jesus which Christ. he soon, which we soon learned was the reason for the stabbing. He planned to pawn it and buy some coke. Nice. Once he ran off and I started getting up, I noticed something was very wrong. I couldn't breathe. My fr- I don't think I'm eight inches deep, man. Sorry. What? He's saying he can't breathe. Yeah, he got man. stabbed in the back. Right. So it probably went into his lungs. Right. I, like... An eight-inch knife, like, from hilt yeah. to tip? That'd, like, That's go pr- all the way through me. Jesus. Well, I guess it depends where they stab me. <laughs> it would never go out of my stomach or anything, but... I don't know. I think I'm thicker than eight inches. Maybe. I think for sure. Am I thicker than eight inches? No, I could, to- I could totally see the knife... Like eight inches. I could totally see the knife, like, going like this in you. You know what I mean? Not, not actually get leaving and, like, penetrating the other side, but... I guess it depends on how many bones out. it touches. Yeah, that too. He probably wouldn't break through. That's pretty scary. We should grab a ruler after this. <laughs> and just be like, would you have survived? We'll just stab each other and figure it out. Oh, yeah. It's a more fun way to do it. <laughs> My friends happened to be behind the school when I emerged from the wooded area, yelling for them to go get help as I had just been stabbed. They thought I was joking around, as I usually did. But one of them finally came over after I fell to my knees and saw I was being for real. Blood going everywhere. They fetched a teacher who proved to be the human embodiment of incompetence. She got the bright idea to have me lay on my stomach. Oh my fucking god. Idiot. Which could have expedited the process of flooding my lungs with blood. Right. Exactly. But thankfully didn't, as I only stayed in that position for a few seconds. Good. The pain began to intensify as I was constantly gasping for air. But also some nerve damage had been done, and my movement was greatly constricted. They propped me up against the lockers by the back entrance, where my blood coated the wall, and it took about 25 minutes for the ambulance to arrive. 25 minutes? I know. Jesus Christ. We need to make schools closer to yeah. or police stations. Or just hospitals closer and, to the, yeah. Like, at least, like, a police station. Because yeah. I feel like... Like, in an instance like that, I have, like, like very minuscule military training to be able to take care of that. Yeah. So, I feel like if you can teach 
an idiot in the army to be able to do that, at least until you get, like, in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. And you just carry all that, like, on your arm pack. Like, I think all police should have that. I'm not sure what they have, but at least, like, a police station nearby. And that police should be able to do that. They have some basic first aid medical skills. That's not exactly basic. That is not what you're taught in CPR. No. But (laughs) I was still in a great deal of pain, even with the oxygen mask on. But it was nothing compared to the pain I'd experienced shortly after in the ER, where they made a five to six inch incision under my armpit in order to get at my lung so they could insert a chest tube. Oh my god. The feeling of having the doctor's hands inside of me. Oh my god. Feeling around. <laughs> and holding my lung while, while I was still awake is the most bizarre thing I've ever encountered and a sensation I will never forget. What the fuck? At this point... Jesus Christ! At this point, my parents had been brought in and were in hysterics after seeing me on the ER table with blood everywhere. Yeah, I would be too. My mom was at home and my dad was at work on a construction site. I was the most innocent 15-year-old kid, never into drugs, alcohol, or gangs, And I struggled for a long time with the question of why me? Was a $200 watch worth it? I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital's trauma unit and then a further month or two at home recovering. Jesus Christ. My stitches kept coming undone and I had to visit the ER several times to have them fixed. Jeez. Psychologically, it honestly didn't do too much damage as I think I was just too young to to grasp the full weight of what had happened. But physically, it left the entire area around my upper right back and my right arm completely numb for the rest of my life. I was also told that the lung could randomly collapse at any time. Oh my god. But it's been 15 years since the incident and I haven't had any major issues. Wow. The guy who did it was 17 and did zero jail time for this. Wait, what? That's how he left it? Why? Why didn't he do jail time? It said that it was... Due to, like, Canada's underage offenders laws or something. Oh. Uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I love about Canada, but that's not right. You know? I'm I'm always super torn about how to trial, like, people. Well, delinquent... Like, not delinquents. People that are underage, especially 17. He's so close to just being 18 and then everything would have changed, you know? Yeah, but, it's it's always difficult to say that, like, is a 17-year-old really that much... Different. Like, less mature than an 18-year-old? But then, right. like, if you're going to say that, like, well, he's mature enough to make these decisions to be tried in as an adult, then, like, why aren't people voting at 17 and stuff like well, that? Well, I'm saying, like, you know, he shouldn't have been tried as an adult, but he definitely should have been punished to some degree, well, or even just, like, housed. And been like, yeah, hey, it, you need help if it you're said that he, It said that he did, like, community service, but he just didn't go to jail. No rehab? I don't know. He should have definitely done rehab if he's stabbing oh, people for coke. For sure, for sure. That's but. terrifying. One, that, like, homie's like, hey, yo, I stabbed you, by the way. And then took it out. Like, first he told you. Secondly, you just got stabbed. <laughs> 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 oh, my bad. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Stabbed you, dude. <laughs> but secondly is the fact that at any moment his lungs could collapse just from that, you know? Yeah. Like, I can understand why, 
that's terrifying to be living under that pressure. And Mm -hmm. for another 15 years of his life, he's been doing that. Yeah. That's so sad and scary. Yeah. No. It's freaky. Okay. My next story, definitely not nearly as horrific as that. That really... Ugh, I hate medical stuff like that. <laughs> I did not like them going under his armpit. Oh, good, because um, Dad today was like, are you into, like, doctor shows? And I was like, not really. I'm not really into, like, the like ER and whatever, your scrubs and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, the only one I've been looking into is, like, um, The Good Doctor. That and one I want to watch with you. He was like, oh, because we started one. And we liked it, but if you don't like doctor shows, I don't know. Um, He's like, yo, Grey's Anatomy fucking slaps. <laughs> <laughs> but do they not, like, have a lot of gory scenes? I mean, like, in just the, like, that trailer for of the pilot episode for The Good Doctor is kind of gory. I don't know. I'm pretty queasy, but I'm I'm a lot better with, like, movie queasiness just because oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nowhere near as real. It can be. Some of it can be. So like, like some people get good. Right. So one that really made me super kind of nauseous was Malignant. Mm. When yeah, they're tearing out the back. That was really gross and it looked like rotten flesh and it was pretty bad. And Dr. Pimple Popper, anytime they do lipoma or anything, like also like makes me very cringed out and queasy. So I hate that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's hard not to look away. Sometimes you're just so entranced. You're like, that's so fascinating. But like, why can I not just look away? I don't know what movie it was, but there was, I want to say it was a horror movie where like they killed some people and it was so realistic that the, like the state that like, oh yeah, like the the state or whatever, like the country. Because it was yeah. foreign. The country, like, required, like, um, an proof of... Yeah, they did, like, an investigation, like, required, like, proof of life for the actors. Yeah, because it was so real. I think it, it was in China. It literally looked like they died. Yeah, was, I think it was, so like, freaky. China or Japan. But they made that movie, and yeah, they had to do a whole investigation to make sure this guy's not a real killer killing people <laughs> in movies. Just filming it. That'd be so freaky. Yeah, that'd be the perfect cover-up, too. Has that, like, actually happened, you think? Um... I know that there are injuries that actually have been filmed and put in, like, the last edit. So, like, in Mission Impossible 7, Tom Cruise jumped from one building to the next, and he actually, like, almost died. But he ended up catching himself, but he broke his ankle on the on the next building. But those are accidents. Like, right. For, like, a... So what I'm saying is, like, some yeah. accidents and, like, injuries, that shot where he broke his ankle is in the actual movie. Yeah. Right? I I have no answer for you. If people have like legit like harmed someone or killed someone on set on purpose, because I know like Alec Baldwin that just happened mm, where he shot yeah. someone, two people on set by mistake. Yeah, again, that was an accident. But yeah. I've never heard of like ill intent on set where they killed. Some, I don't That'd know. That'd be so freaky. Phantom of the Opera, maybe. Well, I'd say like the closest that came to it would be like on the dark web. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't know. New episode idea. You know, I actually didn't want to do a, a, like a haunted movie set. And Those one, are fun. one that I really want to talk about is Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. We've had 
His oh, that yeah. set was super haunted, apparently, and Ryan Reynolds will never do another horror film because of that movie. Wow. It was, it's pretty weird. Very interesting stuff. Um, every high school, like, theater mm-hmm. has something haunted. Yes. No doubt. Yeah. Oh, cool. I just got a, <laughs> I just got a text from one of my tattoo artists from Arizona. He did this guy, this guy here. I just went there once. And he, he's like, yo, I don't work here anymore. <laughs> it was a super long text. Anyway, I, was, I just thought it was funny. Middle of the show, fucking 8 o'clock at night. Hey, guys, like... Is it really, really that late? Yeah, it's 8 o'clock. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> this last story is called The Truck. My grandma took me and, my, and two of my cousins on a trip, an all-girls trip. My grandma was the only one with a license and she refused to let us pay for Uber or taxi. And so she rented a car. We traveled to a city that is mostly hills or mountains and the roads are made of gravel except for important highways or roads. We have family there so we visited them. The place was a beautiful lagoon that we all went to spend the day with and since my cousins wanted to return to our hotel in my aunt's car uh, with the family that we're visiting, I was made to accompany my grandma so she wasn't alone coming back. Turns out our hotel driveway was not only made mostly out of gravel, but was next to the biggest road of that town and also extremely steep. Mind you, my grandma was back then 73, now 76, and she was recovering from an injury on her right hand's wrist, and the car was extremely old and kind of hard to shift gears. In addition to that, we were trying to get in from the right lane, so we had to cross the incoming traffic from from the left lane. My grandma began to struggle with her injured hand, shifting the car's gears and the steep entrance wasn't helping when she thought she had it under control she was rocking the car back and forth constantly and a huge truck was coming towards us and not slowing down like from uphill down to them i think they're going up the driveway the super steep driveway and the truck is going this way and she can't get up the hill and the car is about to t-bone them Okay. My grandma let go of the brakes while shifting gears, and we descended onto the road. The truck aiming directly at me, so T-bone. Mm. I was blinded by the lights from it. Clearly, the driver was unable to slow down and was signaling my grandma to move. My grandma had a, a moment of clarity and got us up the driveway at the last second. I remember how my grandma was so cheerful about her being able to drive, being 73 years old. And even while having to take pills for her blood pressure... I am still shook thinking about it, and I've never told my grandma how truly afraid I was that day, and how in a split second, I was blaming my cousins for making me stay back with her. I remember that trip as one of the best ones of my life, and I always have these bittersweet memories of my cousins that we visited, and how much I love all of my family, but I've always been terrified of that memory, and I still get nightmares about it, feeling hopeless and filled with guilt. Dang, yeah, that's scary. Car accidents are super relatable. Especially out here in Utah where fucking no one can drive. Oh my god. There are so many near misses for the two of us. Oh, like, every real. week. It's so annoying. I, like, just this last week, I had like three. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I can count three off the top of my head. Yeah, that's super sad that, like, you always have this, like, feeling that you can't tell your grandma. Right. It's like, that just make her feel so bad. But, like, kind of relatable. 
that like like being upset with the cousins and like being forced to go with grandma who's like like you know it's it's like a little better if it was only grandma that died because she's already old anyways right and it's not like this young child but can you imagine yeah. just popping off on your grandma after that? I'll never fucking drive with you again. Seriously, I I don't know that I ever would. I like I, I'd I don't know excuses. that I I don't know that I would tell her, but yeah, I'd just always be like, oh, that's okay. I was just gonna ride with mom. Right. <laughs> That'd be so scary. Now I've done that before though, not with like a family member, but I got in a car once with someone who was supposed to be like, like, extra careful. And they were one of the worst drivers that I'd seen, like, being in their car. And I was, like, fucking traumatized. I was like, I will literally find every excuse not to ride with you. Yeah, when I joined the wrestling team in high school, my sophomore year, uh, the coach came up to me and was recruiting people. He's like, do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, I'd love to wrestle. I think that'd be a lot of fun. The only problem is I don't have transportation. He's like, don't worry. Like, just get the signature from your parents to join our team and we'll take care of all the transportation stuff. I ended up quitting because no one wanted to help me anymore, like, halfway through the season. And, like, no, you have to go home by yourself. Like, I don't want to do it. And I was, like, getting tired of driving me everywhere. It's like, you guys fucking suck. This isn't team spirit. You guys are the worst. That's horrible, yeah. And then, on top of that, the coach didn't want to drive me. So, the coach was the only one that could now because no one else was volunteering. So, he would drive me home. And one night, he's like, you need to get this sorted out and blah, blah, blah. And I fucking told you coming in, you had full fucking knowledge of this bitch. Yeah, exactly. That's, it's not like I, I know, like blindsided you. What the hell? So Coach Raychak and I were at a stop sign, and he just starts going, and we almost got T-boned because he wasn't looking, and he slammed on the brakes. He's like, why don't you tell me there was a car coming? I'm fucking 16. Like, bitch, I'm not the one fucking driving. You're, so, you're the one supposed to be wow. looking out for the fucking car. If anyone ever fucking said that to a child, I know I, swear I, to I God. cussed him out. I said, I'm, I fucking quit. If you guys don't want to take me anywhere and you're going to almost get me killed because you're so frustrated with having to help someone out, then fuck you and your team. I'm done. So I quit. I'm sorry. So yeah. Fuck you, Coach Raychak, if you're out there. Damn. Yeah. You got a last story for us. You okay? Yeah. Why? You said it like... You got the last story for us. Like you I'm were just sad. salty. <laughs> Brain, brawn, and crazy. I would like to put a trigger warning before this next um, story, just because there is a very detailed um, mention of murder, and the way that this woman was murdered was pretty horrific. So just stay aware of that. Um, and yeah, you have been warned. So the story is about me? Yeah. No. <laughs> You're only allowed to have two out of three of those things. Um, and it's not brain. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> I was going to say brain and crazy, but alrighty. <laughs> Do those things work together? Yeah. Mad scientists. Mad scientists are hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of the cockroach. Yeah, he's hot. The cockroach from Aliens versus Monsters? Monsters, Monsters versus aliens? aliens? Yeah. Come on. You don't think he's hot? What? And the Link? Link is hot too. Oh, Link would bang. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I'd bang cockroach. <laughs> Damn. All right. <laughs> <sighs> okay. 
In middle school, my next-door neighbors were two boys close to the ages of myself and my younger brother. Now, I'm a female, and the rest of the group was all boys, so there were just naturally times when the three of them would hang out and I wouldn't be around. One day, my little brother, who was around nine at the time, comes home with a porno magazine and is telling me about the porn videos they all watched together. It freaked me out, and I told my mom. My mom went and told their single dad. What I didn't know was their dad was very abusive and beat both of those boys so badly that they couldn't go to school for weeks. No, we didn't call the cops. We just filed it away and knew from that point on to never tattle. I still carry the guilt of telling on those boys because it set off a chain of events I would have never anticipated. As we got older, the brothers started acting out more and more bullying other kids, vandalism, weird shit like playing with roadkill. As the level-headed female in the group, I opposed all of these things. One day, I had done something to piss one of the boys off, and he came at me with a large chef's knife. I didn't have shoes on, so I took off running through the backyard and crossed into the neighbors. He was hot on my tail, trailing trailing me by maybe four feet when I fell down. There was some sort of exposed PVC drainage pipe that had been shattered at the top, and I ran over it. My foot was sliced open immediately, and I went down screaming. I think it shocked him, my screaming and the sudden change of pace and the blood. He stopped, laughed at me, then ran home, presumably so he didn't get his ass whooped. After I took care of myself, I told my mom what happened with the knife. She had started dating someone new, and I think this was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. We moved to another part of town in the same district, maybe a 10 minute drive from our old house. Around that exact time we moved in, a new family moved into our old house. Things continued down a bad path for those boys. Over the next year, they got in trouble with school and would randomly show up at our new house, locked out of their own. The year I went off to college, I received a panicked phone call from my mom telling me to look up the local newspaper The older boy had murdered a girl who had moved in next door to them. It was really grisly, too. He chopped her up and stuffed her in a trunk that sat outside in his dad's car all day. He he and his little brother got caught trying to throw the trunk into a river from a bridge at night by a cop who just happened to be driving by. I just thought to myself, that could have been me. Both brothers have been locked up for what has to be about ten years now. They were both tried and convicted as adults. Everyone in our town just wants to see them burn in hell. But honestly, the only thing I can think about is how it might have been different if our family reported the abuse from the onset. Maybe their little minds wouldn't have been warped from a tender age. That's terrible. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I totally understand her. Like, that's super scary for her, but, like, thinking that... Like, this was all kind of like a chain reaction from their abusive dad that, like, you act out and it just gets worse and worse and, like, your dad just literally doesn't care about you and doesn't, like, have any compassion or empathy, so you, in turn, don't have any of that for other people. So scary. And at, like, so young, like, most, like, famous serial killers, like, they're all adults at least. Yeah. But, um, not that they're serial killers, but... The oldest kid had to be, at most, 18. Mm -hmm. Like, 
That's so sad. Yeah, that's really terrible. And that should tell you something. Like, please report abuse. Yeah. Of any kind. Absolutely. Verbal, emotional, physical. It's all bad. And you can always help someone. Even if it puts you in a tough spot, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it sucks. I wish you would have reported it the first time around. Hmm. And... I just think it's even worse because they lived next to them for so fucking long and they never did. Even after he like chased her with a knife years later and like, Hey, like I just like to report that like these kids are troublesome and like their dad is abusive yeah, and keeps you, hitting them. You had so many you opportunities. You had like every chance. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if I could forgive her for that. That's pretty terrible to have never reported that after such a long time. I mean, I I guess, like, also she probably felt helpless at the same time because she was just a kid. Yeah, but, I mean, her mom as well is old enough to yeah, know. Yeah, the, the mom for sure I blame. Like, the second you noticed that, you should have fucking said something. But She's saying, like, she knew them even when she went off to college. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's still plenty of time to, like, grow a conscience. conscience yeah, of and call course. call someone. Yeah, I don't doubt that, like, she should have, but, like, up until she left for college, she was a kid. And if that had already been something, if that had already been something normal in their neighborhood that, like, everyone knew about, that they were used to. Everyone should have reported. And their mom had never said anything by that point. Maybe she just felt like there's nothing that I can do. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm just a kid. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely blame the mom. And most importantly, I blame the dad. Yes, of course. Don't, f- like, report abuse, but um, just don't fucking be a piece of shit. It's legal to defend yourself. Like, like if you're getting attacked and you end up having to kill someone in the process of trying to save your life. Mm-hmm. Self-defense. That's legal. Yeah. Also, defending... A minor is legal. If you see abuse and you think that's their family, I can't do much, and maybe you think you can only report it, if you see it happening, you are legally allowed to step in and fucking rock their shit. I, uh... That is a minor and they cannot defend themselves. I was super close to spoiling a show for you. Damn. I was like, yeah, that's what happens in this. I was like can't say that she hasn't seen it so if you say what show does that spoil it um it might yeah we're watching a show right now super good but there's some abuse stuff that happens pretty soon and uh i was about to mention i was like oh wait we haven't gone there yet so yeah anyway as dark and disturbing as a lot of these stories were um hope you found some insight for not dying. Yes, I hope you guys know to stay off your landlines during a <laughs> thunderstorm. I hope don't you drive guys, with grandma. Yeah, any any arthritic bitch who's driving, just don't even bother. <laughs> don't wear gold watches when you're 15. And, uh, of course, stay off for that new Sky Daddy merch. Yes. That That is going to fucking happen. I'm going to draw that shit up tonight. Okay. If you guys would like to submit any stories, go ahead and email us at twistedmanor.sub at gmail.com. 
Um, and that'll be like the main portion of our show. If you guys want to send in a bonus story that we read at the end of the show, go ahead and go to our Instagram at Twisted Manor. Click the link in the description box and hit submit your stories here. It'll take you to a website called Telenim and you can type up as many characters as you want and we'll read it from there. Alrighty, well, thank you guys so much for listening. This one was pretty crazy. This was probably the one that has made me like, ugh, the most. It's gotten under my skin the most. This episode has really got to me. So, uh, I will not sleep tonight, so I will see you guys in the next, well, we will see you guys in the next episode of Twisted Manor.